Hello and welcome to the ITC podcast. You're joined today with me, Thomas, and Nikki. Hi. So, Nikki, how you been doing today? I'm good. And it is a very special day today as well for yourself. It is, yes. It is Nikki's birthday. Whoop, whoop. Well, how old are you, 21? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, 29. Well, for all of our listeners out there, could you mention who you are and what you do with the company? Um, so, as you said, my name's Nikki. And my job title is creative manager. So basically, I am in charge of anything creative through digital and also through ITC service as well. So what that entails basically is the pretty stuff, as Colin would say. (laughs) So that involves anything such as graphic design, like business card designs, logos, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I also do all of the web design as well. So you've been here for, oh God, how long exactly has it been you've been here? It's just over a year now. Ah, that's right. We had your uh, special one year anniversary a while ago. It was just last month, yeah. So what originally brought you to the company? What what uh, what particularly stood out? Um. Well... I had recently just graduated, so about a year before I started working here, um, I'd graduated from Newcastle University, and at the time I was working as a a support worker, just to sort of get us through, and then I noticed an advert on one of those job websites, I can't remember (laughs) which one it was that I was looking at, Um, and they were advertising for a web designer, which doesn't 100% match the skills that I had at the time both because I'm more of a graphic designer than web design but I did have a little bit of experience sort of in that area so when I came for the interview I knew basically that I had to bring my year game as there was definitely going to be people that they interviewed that was more experienced than myself Um, so I come in and I was just like you will give me this job (laughs) I need it (laughs) Um, and just throughout the interview I sort of got like a really good feeling about the company I always say to Kate how relaxed I felt during it like it didn't feel like I was being interviewed it just felt like I was having a chat which I think really helped me be able to show my best self in the interview as well as I didn't really feel like I was under pressure um And as soon as I left, I was just like, oh, my God, if I don't get that job, I am going to be devastated. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very similar sort of uh, thing for me during the interview as well. Sit down. It wasn't even a proper interview. It's just what makes you you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I bribed Colin during my interview as well, (laughs) which I don't know whether or not um, that was a good thing or not. But I mean, I got the job. So your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) (laughs) I think during my entire thing, it was just mentioning uh, live streams, Twitch, YouTube. Yeah. Simple things like that. Yeah. So obviously you've been here for just over a year. And in that one year, I'm pretty sure there's been some interesting or fun projects you've had. So could you run through some of the your favourite or the best projects you've had? I mean, I don't really think I could hone any one project down to being my favourite. Um, because I do, although sometimes I do complain during the process, I do actually enjoy everything that I do. I guess I could maybe say my favourite type of project is logo design. Um, with this being a graphic designer, I love anything where I can 
be fully creative and I can sort of take everything to the end, like to all extremities. So with logo design, I get to be, I don't get to be anything. I get to sort of deliver my best creativeness during that process. Because with web design, obviously it can be quite restrictive as to what you can do. But with logo design, obviously you can be as wacky or as formal as, as what I want. So that's kind of my niche, if you like. I love doing that kind of work. Um, and I also really enjoy your editorial design as well. So like your brochures and leaflets and stuff like that, which I guess kind of applies to web design because it's like an online magazine really, isn't it? When you think about it, 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 it forms the same layout. Um, but I think with, I think with me being a graphics designer, I really enjoy physical things. So things like leaflets and the, obviously I can print them out and I can hold them and I can see how they look. Um, so I guess, I guess that I don't, I wouldn't really say I have like a favorite project. I'm really proud of the Harrison Bailey website. Um, I feel like that is probably is one of the better websites that I have designed. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but, but yeah. I think we'll uh, include the Harrison Bailey link in the description if anyone wants to check that out and have a see for themselves. So what processes do you take when you first start off a new project? Um, I'm quite methodical in the way that I do things. Um, and although graphic design and web design are two different sort of things. My English is failing me today as well. <laughs> um, the, the process is pretty much the same. So whenever I get a new project, I'll always spend a good few hours actually researching. So I will look into the company and sort of find out what they do. Um, and I mean, that could be sitting down with the client and talking to them about their business. That's also obviously me conducting research as well. And then what I'll do is I'll go and I'll have a look um, online to try and find some inspiration where I can, if it's like logo designs, I'll have a look at images that would fit and would, that I could maybe pull something from. The main place that I go to to sort of look for inspiration is on Pinterest because all of the visuals on there are to a higher end and there's always loads of really nice imagery and creative stuff. And the good thing with Pinterest is that if I find an image that I like, it'll automatically show you a lot of images that are sort of similar to the one thing that I'm looking for. So... After doing research, what I'll do, I'll start to pull a few images together that I like and create mood boards or vision boards or whatever it is that you want to call them. Um, and I'll normally do two or three different ones, which would take me in different directions. And also from doing that, I can also see what doesn't work for the business as well. So for instance, when I did the digital rebrand, I did three different types of mood boards. One which was looking at a new modern sort of feel. One which was like a creative, um, oh God, I forgot now. A creative, like new dynamic type. Um, 
And from having those different vision boards, I knew that one area or one sort of visual definitely wasn't going to work for us because it was very pastel colours. It was very girly in inverted commas. Um, and that definitely wasn't really the way that digital wanted to portray themselves. They wanted to be sort of like, although they wanted to be new and dynamic, it wasn't new in that way. They wanted to be like Adobe, like Lego, like punchy, bright colours, like like that sort of stuff. Um, so then from the vision boards, I'm then able to come up with a colour scheme that would then fit with that business and basically the way I come up with the colour schemes is I just look at what colours is used in the images within the mood boards. Then I'll go on to design some scamps um, or if I'm doing a website, it would be setting out wireframes, which would basically lay out where images are going to be, where text's going to be, where the logo would be, footers, call actions, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I would then go on to doing sort of like final designs, which would be sent backwards and forth between clients so that obviously I'm always interacting and getting their opinion, um, approval or disapproval on certain aspects of designs, which will then, which will then l let me get sort of the final outcome. With the uh, web designs, one thing that I always try to bear in mind when I'm designing is I'll have, it's a process that I call Mos, Moscow, I think that's how you pronounce it. So it's basically what a site must have, what a site should have, and what they could have. And that's how I prioritize information that I'll display on a page. And then it helps also as well to make sure that vital bits of design or vital bits of information or whatever you want to say isn't missed off um but yeah that's basically my design process like i said it, it's pretty methodical and it's, i do it's quite a lot of tape yeah for <laughs> <laughs> it's not just like one two three although i try to do it that way in like i said it once you get in a rhythm of doing things it sort of comes second nature but i guess the main thing with a project is I always try to make sure that I get a customer's opinion on whatever it is that I'm doing because at the end of the day that's who you're designing for and if they don't like it then what you've just wasted a lot of your time but the client's time as well so I'll always try and keep them involved throughout any process that I take. So it was speaking of it being so complicated and taking quite a bit of time how long exactly would you say your average project would take? Well, I would say that I couldn't actually answer that because design work has such a varied scope that there isn't really an average project because obviously, I mean, your logo designs, you can give that an average time because on average, it will take me around five to six hours to do from beginning to end. But with things like any editorial work that I do, obviously that depends on the number of pages that a leaflet or a site would need. Um, with a website, it does become more complicated because you've also then got to bear in mind things like, um, are they wanting to sell products on that site? 
If so, you've then got to look at e-commerce design, which obviously is a lot more complicated than just doing sort of a normal brochure site. So I can't I can't answer that question because I don't <laughs> have an average project. <laughs> Nothing's ever too easy. <laughs> or simple. <laughs> With them saying it, it's uh, nothing's ever really too easy or simple, what is something that you would like cl uh, clients to know, which you don't feel like they already know or they should know? I guess the main thing for me is that I do try and get this across to clients when I deliver any design work, um, but it isn't always that easy to do. But I would sort of like them to know that I do spend a lot of time and I do put a lot of effort into researching them as a client and where their brand should take them onto or where the website would get them onto, if that makes any sense. Um, and I guess I'd like them to know that I don't just sort of box something together and go, right, here you go. I as I've said, I do take a really methodical approach to stuff. And I guess I would like clients to know that when I deliver any work to them, that I have thoroughly thought about what I've done and I've and I've bared them in mind as a customer, but then I've also bared their customers in mind as well when delivering any design work. I do, like I said, I do normally try and portray this to customers. Um and I'm upfront about things. And I mean, I'll, I'll have phone calls, meetings. And during those meetings, I will try and put forward basically a reasoning behind why I've done certain things so that they're fully aware why I've put, I don't know, a pineapple in something. Not that I've ever <laughs> done that. But so they, if there is a pineapple there, they're not going, why the hell is there a pineapple there? They'll know exactly what the purpose is behind it and what its meaning is. So I do try to make sure that customers understand. But I mean, it's difficult, I think, as a creative person, trying to explain a creative process to somebody who maybe isn't, because I think our brains just work totally differently. Um, so I guess that possibly would be something, but like I said, I, I do try to like make them fully understand why I do what I do. It, it's kind of in the same vein as uh, trying to teach someone who knows nothing about computers, everything about computers. Well, exactly. If you're not technically minded and someone tries to teach you something technical, I mean, you can try and try and try, but they're not going ever going to fully understand, but you've just got to give it your best really, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So within the year or so you've worked here and with many different projects, what would you say is the best part of your job? Oh, can I be cheesy? Yes. So I would <laughs> say the best part of my job is the fantastic team that I work in. <laughs> <laughs> Although that is cheesy, it is true. Like I genuinely really enjoy coming to work because it's one of the, the few places that I've worked in where I come to work and I don't dread. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it does help when you work with really nice people because I don't think I can genuinely see it. There's not one person in this building who I don't dislike. Everybody is really lovely. Um, and I guess that helps your day-to-day -day life. The other part, not to be cheesy, the other part of my job, what I say that I enjoy is that I am able to direct my own work um 
So I like that I am sort of trusted to deliver a good standard of work. It's nice knowing that many people do have faith and they do have confidence in my abilities to sort of deliver work to a good standard that not only I would be happy with, but that the business is happy with as well. And I think when you've got that, um, when you know that you've got that level of faith in you, I think it does bring out the better side of you. So I feel like my work is enhanced because I don't feel like I'm constantly having to, well, I do have to prove myself because I kind of just be like deliver average work and then think that it's okay. I do have to prove myself every day with the things that I do. But having that support behind you just makes it that little bit easier because although you're always under pressure because you've got deadlines and targets and things like that to achieve. Adding an added pressure on the top where your workforce maybe don't think that you're good enough to do the job you do, just, it well, it, 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 it wouldn't help me to produce my best work. So I think having a team that's like, although they always take the mic out of us and say that all I do is colouring all day. <laughs> um, jokes aside, I know that, they do have confidence in what it is that I do. So that is that is a good part of my job, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you've got a negative influence trying to give you a negative pressure while you're doing something very important, it's obviously going to have a massive impact. Well, exactly. It's just going to ruin your morale and then you're not going to want to do your job, which then means that you're not going to be fully committed in delivering something good because you're just going to be like, well, I don't actually want to be here, so why should I even bother doing that? And I just think it's it's really important for businesses to support their workforce, which I think that this company definitely does do. I mean, in my own experience as well, with the many companies I've worked at, none have ever had quite the same just general, yeah. anything about this company? Yeah. Nothing really has ever stood out as much as this company. Well, it is true because, I mean, you you feel... Oh, God, here I go cheesy again. <laughs> you feel different here because I know that... I mean, obviously, I'm a bit older than yourself and I've had a few various different jobs in different sort of industries. Um, and they all claim to do the same things or to have the same beliefs as what ITC does, but they never actually seem to deliver it. So we always bang on about integrity and it's like, well, yeah, every business should be in have integrity. And it's like, but well, do you actually deliver integrity? Which I don't think most places do, but ITC, I think that is their main thing. They're like, right, no, if we're going to do something, we need to do this properly and we need to deliver it to a standard where you would be happy. So then the client is definitely happy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and along those kind of lines, what is your opinion of ITC as a whole? Well, I guess I've kind of already touched base <laughs> on that a little bit, haven't I, really? Yeah. Um, I think as we've both said, they the level of genuine genuism is that a word whatever i'm going with it <laughs> that they seem to have um is sort of second to none really so even as a member of staff and also as clients all you seem to get from most people is that they actually do really care 
So if you're ever bad or whatever, and they're like, well, where were you? Where, why are you not in? Or why is this? It's not because they're trying to put a stick up your butt to get you to work. They're like, actually, no, I'm genuinely worried about are you okay or not? And that goes with the clients as well. I mean, the lads run around sometimes up and down um, like blue whatnots. <laughs> <laughs> And it's because if, if something goes wrong, they genuinely go the extra mile to try and make sure that things are, are put right. I guess, I guess with them being a service, you sort of see it a bit more than what you do on, on digital side because I think we're not as shouty as the way they do it, but that's because we don't really have like clients being like, right, I can't actually do my job today because this isn't working. But although with two different sort of businesses we definitely share the same etiquette I would say and I think that we do do care um and like I said before the people that work here I mean it is a bit of a motley crew like but um <laughs> I think we all most of the time apart from a few dramas um we do seem to get along <laughs> and then it always comes in ends up coming back to Kate at some point during the podcast oh well mention. exactly she is the ITC mother as cheesy as it ever is <laughs> she's the brand ambassador isn't she really <laughs> do you know what I mean like I just think she is quite a good role model for a lot of people and I think because we do have a lot of apprentices that work here they need to have somebody to look up to and I mean I mean, she'll joke as well. She might not be the most technically able person, but she has the right frame of mind. Um, so I think for younger staff coming in, especially the apprentices, to have her as a role model. And I mean, all of the um, account managers, I think they all have a good... Oh, God, what am I trying to say? They all have... Um, a good work ethic um, and they're ambitious, which I think for a younger person is a good thing to look up to or to aspire to. And I think because none of the the staff ever sort of want of, nobody wants to put anyone down. Even if they have done something wrong, they'll not make anyone feel stupid about it. It's explained to them clearly and they're like, right, okay, this is why you can't do that. And I think that that's a good net, ground force to be in when you are just at the very start of your career yeah i totally agree when something goes wrong you don't want to be told it's all your fault you're an idiot you're stupid i mean even if it is your fault there's there's ways to say things isn't yeah, there and i think that's quite a lot of phrasing yeah yeah and i think that's like i said it goes back to the integrity doesn't it and they do try to be integral <laughs> Who would have thought I was such a melt? <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, what type of things do you like to get up to in your spare time? Um, to be honest, I'm a bit of a boring person. I just like doing the mundane stuff. I mean, I like to go to concerts whenever I can. Um, I love... I love live music, so I quite often go to festivals and things throughout the year if I can do, although I didn't get to go this year, so that makes me sad. Um, I do like a good booze up down the pub, um, spending time with my friends, love to eat, like going out for food, um, and obviously my little pupper, 
like to spend time with him too and taking him for walks along the beach or just wherever. Uh, and I do enjoy the, a good nap. <laughs> yep. Some people think that you've wasted your day when you've like slept in to nearly 12 o'clock and like I see that as an achievement and I'm like, had a good sleep there. I'm really proud of that one. <laughs> I find it to be uh, catching up on lost sleep. <laughs> Well, if I've been to the pub all day the day before as well, I mean, you can guarantee I'm going to have a nap the next day. It's just going to happen. So, yeah, that's what I like to do in my spare time. <laughs> so what are your kind of like your goals or aspirations? Oh, God. Um, I don't like that question. I think it's a bit like, although I've been very cheesy, I think it's really cheesy. So I, I mentioned that one in the last podcast as well, because the question was, where do you see yourself in five years? As yeah. much as I hear the question, where do you see yourself? I know, I got asked that in my interview and I was just like, well, I don't really, I don't think about me in five years time. I'm very much a in the moment type of person. Just I like to focus now. on the now. Yeah. I mean, my initial life goals was to graduate from university with my graphics design degree and I've done that. So life completed <laughs> <laughs> um but I mean I'm always keen to learn new things and expand on my skills I've always wanted to paint so I think I would maybe like to learn how to paint I can a little bit but the things that I paint just look they're very abstract I think that's the word I could <laughs> use for it and um, so maybe do that um I've always wanted a dog and I have my doggo now, so also life completed. <laughs> I think as well, I think I don't really have aspirations. I just have things that I'd like to do. One of the things that I would really like to do is I would like to go and visit some of the whiskey distilleries up in the Scottish Isles. Um, I'm a big Scotch fan, so I think actually going to one of the breweries would be really interesting to see. I mean, I've been to the Jameson ones in uh, Ireland, but I think I would like to go to one of the Scottish ones. I think that would be pretty cool. Thank you for listening to this ITC podcast. If you have any questions, you can mention them to us on social media using the hashtag ITC podcast. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.